Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, Lombardi Line Week 8 NFL Halloween Weekend as we welcome you back. Hour 2, I'm Patrick Maher, he's Michael Lombardi, and we're presented by BetMGM. It's the king of sports books. Visit BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app today. If you're in Nevada, stop by any MGM property, bring that state-issued ID, you're ready to go. It's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you have an issue, you got to be 21 years or older. Okay, as we get you back here, I'm going to get you set up on the second half number. You were kind of losing your mind as we went to the break there. I'll, I'll let you figure out and tell the audience why. The Jags are up 10-7 to at the break over the Broncos in London. You were not happy towards the end of the set first, second quarter there. What's up? Well, I mean, you know, once again, there's just points given away here. That's why the unders cash for everybody here because Denver had an opportunity. They, they stopped the clock. Jacksonville calls timeout. They need to get a completed pass. They still have one timeout so they can attack the middle of the field, and yet they're trying to throw an out to the sideline to get more yards, and Russell gets pressure inside. He can't see. You know, the TV people want him to throw the ball out there, but he's six feet tall. He's 5'11". He can't see. He got pushed back in the pocket, and he takes a sack on the part of the field you can't take a sack on. Like, that's that's a a malpractice uh, decision by Russell. You can't take a sack. The ball's got to come out of your hand quick. You could throw a slant. You could throw anything you want there because you had the last time out. So now he takes the sack. Now the, now the half's over. You give away three points by your decision, and nobody nobody says anything about it. It's like it's no big deal. But again, as the great Marcus Aurelius once said, the secret to all victory lies in the organization of the non-obvious. What is the non-obvious? We just witnessed it. We just witnessed it because we don't get taught that part of the game. Nobody's bringing it up. They, I, I haven't listened to it. I'm in the sports book. But that was a critical play, a critical call, and a critical opportunity to get yourself in field position based on where you are on the field with the timeout. You're not using all your assets, and that's what makes me crazy. Michael, let's give the better something to play here. Okay, you got to pick them. So this is the second-half number. Again, Jacksonville up 10-7. to seven. The second-half number, a pick them. I see one book with Jacksonville laying a half a point. So let's go pick them, and you've got a total of 20. Based on what you've seen in the first half, pick them and 20. What do you got here, second half? I, I mean, I'm going to probably go with Denver just because I, I, I don't trust either coach. He, both coaches left yard points on the field in the first half. I mean, they really have. And yeah. so, But I'll take the lesser of two evils. I don't like it. I didn't like the game from the start, and everything I'm watching so far here today is why I didn't like the game from the start. You know, it's like, to me, you could say you're being overly critical of the coaches. Well, why is the Giants winning? The Giants don't do this. The reason the Giants are winning is because they have organized the non-obvious through, through Dayball, through his Mike Kafka, through Sir Wink Martindale. They have organized it, and so they don't make these mistakes. And so you say, well, how do we win? You win by doing this. Now, sometimes, you just, sometimes you're doing the right thing and you still lose. I get that. Like, I get that. However, this is the case of really poor decision-making. 
Michael, both teams killed. Uh, you're being nice, and I, I appreciate you. It's a weekend. It's a Sunday. It's the Lord's Day. It's Halloween weekend. We're having fun, but you're being nice. Both teams killed oh, themselves. It was coaching malpractice. I mean, look, it's, Dayball's it's not too hurting poorly. his team. He's helping That's his right. team. That's right. It's too exactly. It's it's the reason why they're making six, seven, eight, nine million a year is because you're supposed to be able to handle these situations. They're not paying you the most money because you're calling the game. They're paying you the most money to win the game. Right? They're paying you the money. And so how do you win the game? And that's the problem we're in now in coaching is we have so many play callers running the game. We've lost the element of how do I win the game? And if Dayball has taught us anything, and really Matt Eberflus, that managing the game, if you understand it, if you prepare all week to manage the game, then Sundays become a lot easier for you. The only two teams dressed up as ghosts, that means they've got a bye this week, are the Chiefs and Chargers. We know that. Let's get into the storylines, then we'll get into the Rams hosting the 49ers. It's been a weird year for the dog, for the legends. Of course, Aaron Rodgers, three-game losing streak. He's a double-digit dog in Buffalo today. Tom Brady, my goodness, what's happened with him? Russell Wilson, we saw him flounder in the first half here. Uh, again, Geno Smith's been a great story. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, that's been regular. The big story today as far as quarterbacks, Malik Willis replaces Tannehill for Tennessee. And now we're starting to see that number in Houston, Tennessee. It was Houston this morning, one. And now we're starting to see it toggle back between a pick'em and Tennessee one, Houston one. What do you got on that matchup before we move on to San Francisco well, and Los Angeles? Look, the speed of Houston's defense is good. And Houston's defense will play Tennessee tough. Now, they've got to stop the run game. They've got to redirect Derrick Henry initially. They've been using Derrick Henry quite a bit in the passing game. But now they're going to use their quarterback in the running game. So now Tennessee has become a six-back attack. They're going to run the football with Willis. They're not going to let Willis. Vrabel's not going to allow Willis to drop back 30 times and say, okay, Malik, you know, you were great at Liberty. Let's see what you can do in this game. No, he watched him in the preseason. Remember, in the preseason, he, he, got, he saw enough of them. They took him out because he couldn't process. He couldn't make decisions. Same thing's going to happen. Now, he's going against a team that plays a lot of Tampa, too, a lot of zone, but they're fast. They're very fast. And what we saw with the Raiders last week was you have to be very good over 10, 12 plays in a row to score points on them. Tennessee's not going to be that good today. So Houston's going to be able to get some stops. Houston's got to be able to block Jeffrey Simmons inside, and they've got to be able to not turn the ball over. And Damian Pierce is their best player. So they've got to feed him the football, and they've got to be able to keep going with him. And when they lost to Tennessee, lost to Houston last year, Houston was able to force five turnovers against them. That's what they're going to have to do today. They're going to have to get Willis to get the ball out of his hand. They're going to have to get him to make a mistake. Vrabel's too smart. Vrabel understands the non-obvious. So he's going to have a lot of quarterback runs, a lot of stuff for the quarterback. It's a six-back offense today in Tennessee, different than their normal. They will look more like the Atlanta Falcons today than they did the Tennessee Titans. And with Malik Willis under center, the assumption is Derrick Henry has three straight 100-yard outings. Of course, he's dominated Houston in the past. Houston's defense is bottom of the barrel this year as far as the run defense. The assumption would be you're going to see a heavy usage as far as Derrick Henry today. No doubt. But here's where it's going to change a little bit. Here's the game in the game, right? So Houston wants to be a cover two Tampa team. So that's a seven-man front. They want to get up the field. They want to play. So they're willing to play the run on the way to the quarterback. That's not going to be the case today. 
They're going to live with their matchups on the outside. They're going to play man-to-man. They started the year playing man-to-man. They played the Chargers man-to-man. And when the Chargers got that big lead on them is because they couldn't cover the Chargers receivers. And so they went to more Tampa in the second half, got themselves back in the game. That's not going to be the case today. They're going to play man-to-man. They're going to be in an eight-man front. They're going to be in a whole eight-man front the whole entire game. They're going to be able to try to get the safety involved. They're going to try to stop Will. They're going to try to stop Willis in the run game, and they're going to try to redirect Derrick Henry in the run game. And they've got to penetrate with their offensive line. This Tennessee offensive line is not very good, and they've struggled. I mean, look, they won the game in Washington, and it was really about a couple plays. I think Houston is actually going to be able to move the football, and Houston should win this game. They are the better team today without Tannehill in there. Now, if they let Willis run for 200 yards and make plays, they will. The difference in this game is one guy, Mike Vrabel. How he manages the game, how he fits this game, will be exactly if they win it. It'll be because they didn't turn it over, they didn't have penalties, and they didn't have negative plays. And this number's jumped through zero again. Houston was a one-point favorite this morning. Tennessee across the board now everywhere is a one-point favorite the Lombardi line. Now, the Lombardi line is going to take into account what? Is that Tannehill or is it Willis? Or can you apply it to both? Let me get the number as far as Tennessee and Houston, the Michael Lombardi number. Well, I had this I had this early in the week. I, I kind of liked Houston a little bit. I have a 2.62 number. It was 2.5 early in the week. Tennessee was the favorite, right? And so I felt like this was probably right there. But I felt like Willis was going to play. So my number is based on Tannehill playing. If Willis plays to me, I think Houston should be the favorite. I think Houston should be. Because let's be clear here, Tennessee's numbers as a football team are not great. They are not. I mean, they are not good up front, but they just find a way to win games. Last week against last week against Indianapolis, they get the pick six. They pressure Ryan. You know, they fumble on the last drive of the game. And Vrabel takes the points as he comes along. And so they're really good at winning sl- slow-scoring games. If they get behind in this game, and this is an in-game bet tip, if Tennessee's able to, excuse me, if Houston's able to get a lead, say they're up 14 to nothing at the end of, at the middle of the second quarter, this is going to be hard for Willis to get back them in the game. Yes, Nesson, we know your Patriots are playing. We're going to give you a full segment coming up in about six minutes. But let's get to, of course, a game, a rivalry I mentioned before the break, San Francisco at the Rams. The Rams are not playing good football. It's not a good football team right now. They're the third worst offense in football. This number is jumping between a point each way. San Francisco's a point favorite at some shops. It's a pick at others. The Rams are a point favorite. Let's start with the handicap here, 49ers at the Rams. I had this as a 1.93 game in favor of the 49ers, and, and I think they're the better team. Now, they don't have Debo Samuel today, which will hurt, but they get more McCaffrey back, and they'll move the football on them. I mean, there's no doubt they will move the ball on the Rams. And, look, the key to this game is going to be is what, what San Francisco defense are we going to see? Are we going to see the one that can dominate them like they did the first, or are we going to see the bad one? So this is really about that. I mean, Matthew Stafford has not played well. He's turned the ball over here as he did against San Francisco. This offensive line is not good for the Rams, and their points per play is not good. I mean, the Rams are only good. Think about this, Patrick. This is a Super Bowl-winning team. They're only good in two of the 19 areas. They're only in the top seven in two of the 19 areas that determine winning. They're 28th in offensive line in sacks per play allowed. They're 29th in points per play. Right, They're, They don't move the ball. Where they've been fortunate is they played against Carolina. They won that game in the fourth quarter. 
They're not good offensively. We're underway in the second half in London with Jacksonville up 10 to 7. We'll keep you updated as Jacksonville starts with the ball in the second half. How about Kyle Shanahan? He's 9 and 3 ATS against Sean McVay, including the playoffs with six straight covers. The San Francisco 49ers here in Los Angeles today. Next, a sharp play on the Patriots. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, sign up right now to bet the Breeders' Cup with Horse Racing's number one app. It's first bet. And of course, when you sign up, you get 10 bucks free, and then you can get a 100% match on your first deposit up to $200. Use the promo code HORSE200 claim your offer. Breeders' Cup picks and insights at VSEN.com are brought to you by first bet. Go to VSEN.com slash horses for details. And find out how to get the Breeders' Cup Wager Guide, okay? The wagering guide over at vcin.com slash horses. That's vcin.com slash horses. Okay, we're back here. A first down for Jacksonville. So they're marching a little bit here, Michael Lombardi, up 10-7. to mm-hmm. seven. We'll start with what you're seeing here, and we'll get to the sharp move. New England's all the way up to three in Jersey there. What do you got on this in-game? Well, I mean, look, this is a great – this is a series that we felt like Jacksonville should have scored at the end of the first half, gave the ball back. And now they've got an opportunity to score here again with Denver not, you know, Dem- in the middle eight and kind of get a lead a little bit, force that offensive line to try to play from behind as the clock starts to tick down. So this is a critical part in the game. And, you know, like we, like we talk about, I mean, this is what happens with Jacksonville. You never feel like Jacksonville is in control because there's always a bad play or two. And this drive is symbolic of that. They throw it out. They throw a, a negative pass in the flat for five yards, and then they give a sack. They give up a sack here. They're in a five-man protection. They free release the back, and they can't. And you know the strength of this Denver team is in their rush. Okay, well, explain what you just saw there. Lawrence drops back. He is stripped. I didn't see who stripped him. Uh, Denver had an opportunity to fall on the ball. Jacksonville. I think it was DJ back, Jones. Huge... I think it was DJ. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a hard game, and this is without Browner, one of their better rushers. So now we're in third in the mile. So this will be a handoff 29. here. Yeah, third to mile. So we'll get a handoff here, and you know, and and we'll go from there. But the, you, this is really about this again. This is a game, a documentary game of of what's the missing elements in coaching, you know, and that's really the issue. And and so now they got a punt. And Jacksonville has a chance. The Denver has a chance to get themselves right back in it. That's why, you know, I said this from the very first quarter. The, the Denver was never going to not be attached to the game. These are two teams that, that can't get control of the game. Okay. Let's talk about the Patriots at the Jets. Yeah. A lot at stake for these division rivals. The Patriots are managing, I, I, I guess, if you want to call it a quarterback controversy, I'll get your thoughts on it for our Nesson audience. But, of course, Mac Jones missed three weeks with that ankle injury. He returned for the first quarter of Week 7 against the Bills, but then Belichick pulled him after an interception. Let's start with the quarterbacks, Jones and Zappi. What do you have there? And then we'll move forward. Look, look, I, I think... You know, Jones, to me, has got to be the better player. He's more talented than Zappi. He's got to make the decisions that Zappi was making. And he's got to take to coaching. He's got to be able to be willing to co- be coached. And so today's game against the Jets is about we can't turn the ball over. The Jets' offense isn't going to run away from them. 
right? The Jets' offense has been predicated on Brees Hall's running game. They ran a toss play against Denver last week for a 70-yard touchdown. You know, they did very little offensively. They don't want – they do not want Zach Wilson to turn the ball over. They will be very careful. They've been a disaster the last two weeks on third down, the Jets. So they, But they've been smart. They've played very smart. They've played good defense. Denver had their opportunities to move the ball, even with Mark with Brett Rippon in the game, but they could never really put enough good plays together. And so the Jets were able to kind of hang in there, turn the ball over, got themselves some points, and walk out of Denver with the win. Same thing they did in Green Bay, turn the ball over. You know, So the challenge for the Patriots is we can't turn this ball over. We've got to play really good in situations, and we've got to control the quarterback in the pocket. And I think the Jets – understand their limitations offensively. So they've had this kid, Chris Stengel, I think is, is, is Stiefler, his name is. He was a kid who played up in Canada. He, was from, he went to University of Minnesota. He then went to South Dakota. And he's an option quarterback. He can run. He's 4-5. or five. He's going to become their Taysom Hill. He's going to be their They're going to put him in. They're going to run some wildcat. They didn't bring him up because they're worried about their depth at quarterback. They carry three quarterbacks on the roster. They brought him up because they know – New England's weakness is in their total team speed in terms of handling the six-back offense. It's pretty clear. We saw Justin Fields do it. And Zach Wilson isn't a six-back offense guy. I'm sure they'll try to utilize him a little bit, but I think they'll go some Taysom Hill-type plays with this Stiefler kid. So I told you this has been a sharp play for professional bettors. Remember, New England opened a point-and-a-half favorite there at the Jets. Why do professional bettors love New England in this spot? They like buying low. They like the fact that they just played horribly in prime time. You're getting a discounted number yep. on New England. They bet it all all the way up to three, the key number in betting the NFL and college for that matter. So, again, pros love New England today, and it's three. Michael, you said it during the break. It's painted. It's not going anywhere. It's 110 up and down, so it's three right now, New England at the Jets. The Jets coming off a win. The Jets are hot. The perception's high. The betters go the other way, the pros. Yeah, no doubt. And look, the Jets' offensive line is problematic, right? So they lose their guard, they lose their right guard, Tucker. You know, they've got Dwayne Brown on the left side, who's not been a great player. They can't really protect very well. And the strength of New England is when they can play against a conventional style of offense, right? They know where the ball's going. They don't. They won't have Corey Davis today. So that means we got to handle Garrett Wilson. We got to handle Elijah Moore on key third downs. And what, what, what does Braxton Barrios bring to the team? He's their kind of loose play player. So this will be an easier game for New England in terms of how they set up against their opponent, right? And Zach Wilson has turned the ball over. And I think the credit the Jets coaching staff, they're not willing to let Zach Wilson participate in the game and turn it over. They're going to win this game with their defensive front and their ability to play man, their ability to play their zone, their Seattle three concepts on the outside. The Jets have covered four straight games for the first time since 2017, so a little juice for them. You just mentioned, let's talk about the matchups here. Wilson, he can't hurt them because, again, this is a tremendous pass defense for the Patriots, I think fourth best overall in football. They're not going to let him throw. They're not going to let Wilson throw the football. They won't let him kill him. They're going to take away what he does best, right? So they're going to take away where he wants to throw the football and how he wants to throw it. And the Jets are aware of this. And, they, and Belichick knows that they're going to be very conservative with their play calling. Now, they've got to control Zach Wilson in the pocket because I'm pretty sure that, that the Jets will come out and try to run a little bit to make, New, to make New England feel like he's going to be more movement. They want that. They want New England to feel like, uh-oh, this is another 
Bears game plan. Now, it won't work, but that's what they want them to feel like. So, look, the Jets have won in the last three weeks. They have won starting with the fourth quarter. I mean, they're down 20 to 10 in the fourth quarter against Pittsburgh. Give them credit. They come back, right? They come back in that game. They go down. They, 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 it's 19-17 against Miami in the Meadowlands. Miami with their backup quarterback, not only with their backup quarterback, with, their, with Teddy Bridgewater having to come in, are kicking a field goal to go up 20-19, to 19, and the Jets rally off for 21 straight points, and they win that game. Then they beat Green Bay in Green Bay, block a punt for a touchdown, win that game. Then they come back last week and basically just win the game with their defense. That's all they did. That's what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to win the game with their defense and turn the ball over. In the last four weeks, they have created eight turnovers. In the last four weeks, they've only given the ball away two ga- two times. That's the difference in their team this year. Got another low total. Most are showing 40. I see a couple of 39 and a halfs with New England at the Jets. Let's go back to where we started, and that is the quarterbacks there in New England. Do you expect to see Mac full game, or will we see Zappy? I think we're going to see Mac full game, and I think Mac has got to have this moment where, look, Mac, the strength of your game is in decision-making. You've got to be smart with the ball. You've got to be accurate with the football. Now, they've got to do a better job of protecting. Last week, Trent Brown didn't play well. They've got to do a better job in pass protection, get the ball out of their hands. You know, the Jets You can, The Jets have been – you have been able to move the ball. This, the Jets' offense, the Jets' defense isn't exactly, isn't exactly the same as the 49ers where it's almost impossible to move the ball. It's challenging, but there's plays there. Just take what the defense gives us. Don't try to be a hero. Okay, you've recommended Denver a couple times in-game and at the half, and here comes Denver, a nice little drive down to the one-yard line. What would you see here, Michael? Well, this is just classic. I mean, when Denver, when Jacksonville can't get pressure and they, they don't pressure, then the quarterback's got time. That's the first throw we've seen out of Denver that, that's been down the field. I mean, when you look at Russell's numbers, he has a lot of completions but no yards. At least that was the first explosive play to the tight end that they've got. Now, the red, yep. now this has been the Achilles heel <laughs> of Denver's offense this exactly. year. Inside the five-yard line, can they score? They're last in red zone offense. They're last in goal-to-go situations. They just had it first and goal-to-go at the one. They ran the football and got stuffed. They may have lost a half a yard. It's just debilitating still, how they're getting pushed around. I still think, I think this is now. If Denver scores here, this is when Peterson will become very aggressive, and he will not punt, and he will try to get back. I still think 24 wins the game. 24 is going to win the game. I think that's what's going to take to win the game. There's 14 now, so now they're up. You know, and, and Melvin and Gordon Jackson, touchdown for the Broncos. And Jacksonville has played. You know, 90 percent of the time Jacksonville has played well. It's been the other percent of the time where they give the game away. They, they give a bad call here, you know, a bad decision by the quarterback. It's just right there. Pending the extra points, going to be 14-10 Denver. You've targeted 24 as the key number here, correct? Yes. Winner gets to 24? Okay. Yep. We'll see if Michael Lombardi is right. We should be here for the end of it. We continue. Thomas Gable is going to join us from behind the book there at the Borgata next. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. 
VEASAN pros are making money, and it's only 99 bucks through the Super Bowl, so you get everything through the football season. Pro tools, pro picks, pro tips. It's all there. It's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Also, I want to point out, if you're a new better, when you become a VEASAN pro, we're going to help you become a more sophisticated better. So learn the ins and outs of betting. It's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's V-S-I-N.com slash subscribe. Get everything we offer. VEASAN pros are winning. Get aboard. We're back. Lombardi line. We're aboard the Halloween train as remember tomorrow is October 31st. I'm Patrick Maher. He's Michael Lombardi. He's sitting next to our guy, Thomas Gable, who runs the race and sports book there at the Borgata. Everything's coming up Philly as quickly. Just want to give you an update. Denver up 14, 10, five to play in the third. But as we say hi to Thomas Gable, who's close to Philadelphia there in Atlantic city, Everything's coming up Philly. It's a great week for Philly sports fans, Thomas Gable. Yeah, why aren't you in red today? It's it's a hunt for red October. You know that. Is that because it's going to blue? It's an off day for the Phillies. Okay. It's, a, it's a travel day. They're coming, they're coming <laughs> back they're to calling Philadelphia it, today. It's, it's the hunt. It's, 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 it's red October. Red October. They call it red October. I call it the hunt for red October. Yeah. Wasn't Sean Connery brilliant in that play? I mean, he was tremendous <laughs> in that movie. Anyway, right, I Pete. digress. Okay. Uh, Thomas, yeah. Gable. Why not get? Why not give the ball to, to to you know? Like, let's not give the ball to ATN. Let's defend him. Go ahead. I'm sorry, <laughs> it's not Thomas. No, that's okay. Thomas, tell me, tell the audience what you were telling me during the break. How this sets up for Philly sports fans this week? Well, the schedule sets up extremely well. So it started Friday night with uh, Game One of the World Series. So uh, Game One and Two Friday, Saturday. Today's the the off day for the World Series. The travel day. They're coming back to Philly, but the Eagles play. Uh, so they have the Eagles uh, in action locally here at 1 o'clock. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are games 3, 4, and 5 for the World Series. And then Thursday is another off day. and But the Eagles play Thursday night football against uh, the Texans on Thursday. So it's like a week straight of uh, oh, Philly gonna, madness. I, I mean, the South Philly is going to be packed. I mean, it's going to be incredible down there. It's going to be unbelievable. and. The, the energy in the air. I mean, we were talking off air, too. Can the Phillies pitching hold up over the next two yeah. games? I think that's yeah, going to be the critical yeah. part of this whole thing is can they do that? And we'll see. I mean, this 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 Astros teams, is their pitching is outstanding, although you, you think that there may be a conspiracy there going. Well, there's a lot of chatter amongst Phillies fans today about uh, the Valdez going to the hand a lot, the, his palm in between the – in between pitches, underneath his glove. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of conspiracies going on around. Well, those that, of us outside of Philly, we would just want to say, couldn't happen to a nicer fan base, and we wish you all the best, Philadelphia sports fans. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> we just we, we come back. Let me just get an idea of how you closed out here. We've got a 14-10 lead, three to play in the third. What's the handle yeah. look like for the book there at the Borgata? Uh, it's been it's been good. You know, obviously, you know, if you didn't want to get a Real early start this morning. A lot of people uh, bet this game last night uh, before they went to bed and or went to their Halloween party. So uh, we actually closed Jaguars laying a point and a half. The total closed at 40 and a half. Uh, adjusted in game right now uh, is the Broncos laying three and a half right now is what we have uh, live here. Uh, live total is 37 and a half. So, uh, but we had a decent sized decision on the uh, on the first half in that game in the first half of this game, and um, obviously. Uh, People betting this live, and uh, it's going to be a, a pretty decent-sized handle for a 9.30 start. Yeah, I mean, this is a critical down here. they got to make a play here. Oh, bad throw, too. You know, they got a chance to hit it, and they don't make it. Nope. I mean, now they got to punt it back, and, 
you know, and, and, and Denver's defense is back on the uh, offense, is back on the field again. And Jacksonville, this is what happened to them against the Giants. They kind of sputter in the second yep. half. Yep. So Jacksonville turns it over on downs. The Broncos are going to get the ball back up four. We'll keep you updated there. Liability today. Let's jump into the board. What's the right now as you look uh, at your handle and where you sit at the Borgata? What game are you going to need the most? Well, of course, we'll probably need Pittsburgh. Uh, the Eagles are up to 11 and a half point favorites here. And, uh, it, you know, we opened them at 11, dipped to 10 and a half, and now back up to 11 and a half this morning. We will probably need the Steelers and that to cover. Uh, just a, a word of caution, though, people who bet or betting the Eagles uh, for full game, this is a team that's demonstrated at least through the first third of their season. Uh, they're a first half team. And. They've been outscored in the second half of games this year uh, when you look at it. So they jump out to these big leads. And, Mike, I want to get your take here. What do you think this is? At, at halftime, is it the opposing coaches making adjustments, mm -hmm. coming out, and, and that's why the Eagles are kind of sputtering there in the second half? Or what do you attribute that to? I think, to me, it's the speed of the game. So when you play an academy offense, Air Force, Navy, Army, Right. You know, when you play one of those, you're not used to it. Right. You're not used to the timing, the execution. And even though they may be lesser athletes than you are, the speed of the game's different. So it's an adjustment. And I think once you get used to the speed of the game in the third and fourth quarter, you have a better handle of it. And then it becomes. But they've built such a big lead in the game yep. that it's hard for you to really ever have to. Do it, and they play a little more conservative in the second half. They don't mind punting. I think the untold secret about Philadelphia, as much as their offense gets the attention, has been their defense. Their defense has been able to really control the game. Now, they haven't gotten a lot of pressures or sacks, but they've been able to control the game. It's one of the categories they're not good at. And I think when you watch them, everybody thinks this Eagle offense is explosive. It's not. It's body punch, body punch. They averaged – what, four, they average three, Hertz averages three, eight a carry. They only average, they're like eight, 18th in the league in yards per attempt and yeah. rushing. So it's a lot of body punches. And then the other thing is they make you get a sense of desperation because they have the ball so much. You never get the ball. So you feel like I've got to score here or else they're going to score on me. I think that those are all the factors that I see that play into this. Great job, Thomas Gable. Eagles lead the league in first half points, first half point differential. They're 6-0 ATS in the first half. The Eagles this this year, they're laying 6.5, hosting Pittsburgh in the first half today. Let's get to Minnesota yeah. hosting Arizona. That's It's a very fascinating number, which was going Arizona's way, surprisingly, where are you sitting right now. So right now the uh, the Vikings are laying four here, and um, you're seeing a little bit of money come in on Arizona. Uh, we we opened this with Vikings laying three and a half. The total opened at 49 and uh, has dipped ever so slightly down to 48 and a half here. But again, this Minnesota team, uh, the records obviously we, we can take a look at that. Minnesota uh, has a great record, uh, only one loss on the season. But there's still some doubt, I think, with, with amongst handicappers just how good this Minnesota team really is. And uh, it, they're a team that I think when you're looking at just in your power ratings, there's still a lot of question marks, I think, about them uh, and how good they really are. So we, we know the Cardinals have struggled mightily out of the gates this season. Uh, Murray's contract there not looking to be all that great of a decision for that franchise. But 
Uh, right now, uh, Arizona does appear to be taking a little bit of money here. You know, and, and it's funny, when you are a stat-based handicapper, which is really power rankings as you do and I do every week, it has to be based on stats because then you get too much subjectiveness into your ratings. And Minnesota is good in points per play. Their red zone trips, they're sixth in the league. They're fourth in, in, in they're seventh in first downs. They're fourth in being able to capitalize on situation. Defensively, they're good in a lot of areas, red zone defense. So they're, they're, they are, their power ranking is what it is based on numbers. However, you could say, well, they, don't pl they haven't played anybody. And, and that's true. It's a little bit like Ohio State yesterday. How good are they? You know, it's a 20 to 1 to 16 game, yep. and all of us are thinking, well, they're not as good as we thought they were, right? So I think that's Minnesota a little bit too. They've been fortunate, you know. They get out of they get out of London with the win. The kids kicking a field goal that you know they they the Bears turn it over at the end of the game. They've had good luck. There's no doubt. And we'll get your number on that game coming up, Michael. Let's get to this one. We got two minutes here, Thomas. Chicago and Dallas. We haven't touched on it. Looks like it's up the doubles. Where are you sitting there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's ten. That's where we open this game now. You saw it dip below 10, uh, the key number there, for a short period. But um, obviously the Cowboys here, um, much better team than, than the, the Bears. Uh, the Bears, I think, obviously surprised a lot of people on Monday night there. But uh, not many people buying them in this spot here against Dallas. Um, obviously the strength for the Cowboys has been their defense all year. And uh, really, I think probably see field struggle here in this one um but a lot of uh a lot of parlay liability built up here on the cowboys uh through, throughout the week so we'll see how uh, that one turns out but yeah up to 10 right now okay uh, you know Before, dallas is ahead, better suited for this than but without zeke elliott today they'll get dalton schultz back I mean, Dak's got to play better than he did last week. Sure. I think that's if you're taking Dallas, you're saying Dallas is going to be really good defensively. They're going to hold Justin Fields down, and that Dak is going to play better with the skill players that he has around them. Sunday night, just give me an answer here, Thomas. I, I got it ten and a half. Buffalo Lane at Green Bay and Rodgers in town. Where are you going to close on that game tonight? So we are still ten and a half. I, I think it, it closes right there. Uh, we we threw eleven and a half out there, and uh, it's uh, back down to ten and a half. I think it's going to stay right around that. Borgata Race and Sportsbook Director Thomas Gable. Thomas, good luck today. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate Thank you. you Thank right, you, TG. Appreciate you. Michael Lombardi's official plays and leans on all thirteen games coming up next. We run the board. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay. Thank you, Brent Musburger. Of course, countdown to kickoff with the legend Brent Musburger follows the Lombardi line here on VSEN in just about 15 minutes. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Vegas with BetMGM rewards. So remember, every time you place a bet at BetMGM on the app or BetMGM.com, you get reward points like your credit card, and you can use those points towards free bets. If you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your points into a stay at a hotel, airfare, hotel. It's, it's a great deal. It's 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue, 21 years or older. As we get you back here at Lombardi Line, I mentioned Mr. Musburger coming up next. Third and 21, Lawrence ran for it. Looked like 
What's he going to get yards. there? It's going to be fourth down. So he picked up 10 yards. This offense is starting to sputter for your Jacksonville Jaguars, Michael Lombardi. Yeah, I mean, when they can't run screens, they love screens. I mean, they're a big screen team. They love it. You take away the screens from them, that really becomes a problem. They don't have a middle-of-the-field passing game, which is what they, they haven't had. It's either angle routes, it's, you know, screens. They don't have a middle-of-the-field. Thomas Gable and I were just talking. He said, you know, this is really the most talented team in the South. If they were just better – to use Al Davis's term, better organized, they could easily be. They could easily win the South, but they don't. They don't play to the level of their talent. Okay, let's run the board. You've got four official okay. plays. I'm gonna. I'm gonna save your four official plays for the end of the segment. So we'll give leans on the other games. Are you ready to go, my man? You bet. Let's do it. Okay. Dallas is laying ten. Michael, they're hosting Chicago. Where are you at? You know, I had this to start off. I had this as an 11 and a half point game. I, I do think Dallas is the better team. I'm concerned about the Zeke Elliott injury in terms of laying this many points. I think Chicago has played well. Dallas is going to have to turn the ball over in order for them to be able to cover this. I think they can. Remember, Justin Fields has fumbled 11 times already this season. He tried to fumble against New England. They weren't fast enough to really capitalize on it. I would lean towards Dallas and laying the, lay the points here. Mick Lombardi and that offense, which is the third best in football, are in New Orleans with the Raiders. The Raiders are laying a point at New Orleans. What do you got? Yeah, I had this, I had this as a 1-3-1 game. Obviously, I'm rooting for the Vegas team to win this game. I mean, their execution has got to be really precise. This is a game about being tough for both teams. These two teams are tough. and This is a game about being disciplined, and you can't make a mistake. And the, the Saints don't have their corners back. I think this is a game the Raiders have to win. I lean Raiders here only because of my heart. I hope you're leaning. Millie will kick your butt if you're not pulling for the I Raiders. Know, She'll I also know. kick your butt if you're not if you're not pulling for the Panthers, who could be in first place. They're at Atlanta. Atlanta's lane four. Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting game, right? So I had this going into the week as a 5.56 game. The line opened up at five, and it slid down, partly because when you watch – Carolina play last week, and P.J. Walker gave them good play. I mean, this Carolina team is not a bad team. This Carolina team just got bad quarterbacking play, and they're playing against a team that wants to run the ball. I would lean towards taking the points in Carolina here. I think it's going to be a field goal game. These games are. They'll play 10 days on Thursday night. Again, both teams are in this thing, and both teams understand that for them to win, they got to play a certain style. And one thing we know about Atlanta, they ain't changing their style. Fly, Eagles, fly. Philly's hosting Pittsburgh, and they're laying 11 and a half. You know, I, I, these were numbers that I thought were I, – my, my numbers were 14.25 for this game. You know, so obviously it's easy to say that. I think, I think you got to factor in Mike Tomlin. The, the, the Steeler defense, which I don't think gets enough uh, 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 discussion, is the fact that they haven't really replaced Ryan Shazier. For them to be successful, they've got to be fast at inside linebacker. They haven't been there. Miles Jack hasn't been there. Devin Bush hasn't done it. That's where they're really – and that's where you've got to take advantage. You've got to take advantage of the Philadelphia. You've got to be fast inside. It's going to be a hard game, I think, for, for Pittsburgh. Can the Eagles' corners hold up? I would lean towards taking the Steelers and the points only because I think the matchups, they can make some plays on the outside if they play a lot of man-to-man. Pittsburgh's receivers against the corners of Philly. Miami's laying three and a half at Detroit. 
I had this as a 2-9-8 game. I mean, this is a funny game because everybody thinks Miami's got these great numbers. I saw somebody say two is better than Herbert. You know, it's like, are, is anybody watching the game? I mean, both these quarterbacks could easily throw five interceptions at any moment in the game if the other team would catch them. Uh, I have this as 2-8. I think if the home team's getting three and a half, you got to take the home team. I don't like the game. I lean towards Detroit. God bless you. Uh, Arizona's at Minnesota. That's not one of your plays. Okay, so let's do this. Minnesota's lane four, hosting Arizona. You know, this is a hard game for me because all my numbers on Minnesota show that this game should be a six-point game for Minnesota in favor. I don't trust my numbers on Minnesota because my eyes tell me that Minnesota is not, if they win, it's going to be a tight game. I mean, I watched Miami with a backup quarterback go up and down the field on them. This is, to me, I think this is Arizona's season here. I think it could fall apart for them if they don't find a way to win this game. I'm going to go against my number here. I'll take the Vikings. You know, I took it. In, I took Arizona and Chris Russo. We'll see if he makes fun of me next week, too. <laughs> okay, the Patriots are at the Jets. Remember, sharp play on the Patriots. They're all the way up to three at the Jets. You know, this is a game, I think, when you, when you break it down, it's which team is going to make the mistake. And I lean towards the Jets here only because they haven't made them. They haven't turned the ball over. One thing that's been consistent about this Patriot team this year is they've made a ton of mistakes. They turn the ball over way too much. And they're going to give up a field goal in this game. They're not really, the way they're playing right now offensively in terms of how they give the ball away, especially against a fast defense, you know, I think it's going to be a problem. I think they're going to struggle in this game again. I just don't think the Patriots are where they need to be with Mac Jones not turning the ball over. And I'm going to go with the team that doesn't let their quarterback participate to not turn it over. And I think that's why if you took anything, you take the Jets. I lean Jets. Okay, Tennessee Houston's an official play. We'll come back to that one. The Giants are at Seattle. Surprising. The Seattle's lane three here. I'm going to take the Giants here. I have a 2.37 game. I don't like the fact that they've been in so many one-score games. Eventually, they're going to lose one of these. I think Seattle's playing much better. I definitely think they have an opportunity to really get control. Whoever's going to control the clock in the game, right, is going to win the game. Time of possession is going to matter in this game because both defenses are going to give up yards. I lean towards the Giants, the way they've coached. They go into their bye week with a win. I think that's critical. Battle of backups in Indy, Heineke, Ellinger. Ellinger and the Colts are laying three. What do you got? My number is based is 275. It's based on Matt Ryan. I would take the Colts here and lay the points only because I don't trust Washington. I think Washington indoors with that offensive line. Bad lines don't travel. I'm going to take that. Okay, we start to get into your official plays. The first one is San Francisco at the Rams. It's essentially a pick 'em. Where you at here with the Niners and the Rams? I think the Niners, uh, bad lines don't travel, bad lines don't play home. This is a home game for San Francisco, even though it's in Los Angeles. I think they'll run the ball on the Rams. I think they'll play well. I think their defense will be challenged as they didn't play well last week. I'm going to take the I'm going to take the 49ers and lay the point. And I, I think it was one and a half when I did it. Okay, and you've got a, well, you've got right now ten and a half with Green Bay. That's an official play. You're on the Packers. Yeah, I, I just think to me, if you got the best, you got a quarterback who's good, you know, they've got to find a way. This is to me, this is a this is a statement game for Lafleur. I'm almost taking this like, okay, Lafleur, show me what you got and see see how you handle it. I like the Packers here. I'll take the ten and a half. If they can't cover this number, to me, the Packers are fi- officially broken. Okay, we circle back the Texans. You like them? They're catching a point with Malik Willis and Tennessee in town. 
You know, and I had it at two early in the week. I liked it then because I knew Malik Willis was going to play. I think there's no doubt that ten, that Houston's a good team, right? Houston is a good team that just can't finish games. The last ten minutes of the game, I know that sounds crazy, right? Everybody thinks Houston's horrible. They're in every game. They're in every game. I mean, they're playing Denver at 16. You know, it's 10-9, and Denver scores late. So they're in every game. And I think this is one of those games where they can. Now, the variable factor always worries me. I This is a 2.62 game. I'm going to take Houston in this game. Okay, we'll save your Monday night play Cincinnati and Cleveland for tomorrow. A huge chunk play for Jacksonville trailing by four is brought back with a offensive holding. So Jacksonville shooting themselves in the foot. There's 12 minutes to play, and yeah. Denver's up 14-10. Yeah, I mean, look, every time Jacksonville, this this second half has been negative plays. They start the game off. They start to the drive off. They throw a screen, They throw a flat route. They lose four. Then they get sacked. Now they got a punt. Every time they've had a good play, there's been a negative play. Now there's a middle-of-the-field pass. This is We haven't seen this all game, right? They get inside receiver to the middle. The middle of the field passing game, they finally execute one of those plays, which is critical. Again, I still think 24 is the point here. If they score to make it 17, that means Denver's got to keep going. We'll see if Russell can lead them back. Let's see if Russell's cooking. The official three plays today for Michael Lombardi, the Texans, the Packers, and the Niners. Okay, countdown to kickoff with Brent Musburger is coming up here in just a few minutes. You see Michael's picks, the official graphic there. You got 40 seconds, Michael. What are you looking for in week eight? Give me something to look forward to today. I'm looking for better football. I'm looking for, you know, I'm looking for Aaron Rodgers to play better. I'm looking for the Packers to manage the game better. And I'm going to continue to watch how teams avoid losing in order to win. Okay, Halloween is tomorrow, and we'll be here tomorrow. Michael, enjoy the Sunday. Thanks, enjoy Patrick. The football Great today. day. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. A lot much. of fun. Elliot, Thank you. Andre, everybody back at Circa. Great job. Coming up next, the legend, Brett Musburger. Countdown to kickoff right here on v the Sports Betting Network. <laughs> 